Well, it's so wonderful to be here, Sunrise family. And before we jump into the Word of God and just uh, pray and update each other together, I actually want to be able to invite all of our children who are elementary age to be able to stand and go to their Sunday school class. We're releasing all of our children to go to their Sunday school class this morning um, for children in worship. So it's just such a joy to that everyone here at Sunrise has the opportunity to be discipled from the youngest to the oldest to everyone in between. Well, friends, it's such a joy to be here with you this morning to worship God in spirit and in truth. Me da tanto gozo poder estar aquí juntos con ustedes como una familia aquí en Iglesia Amanecer. In case we haven't met yet, my name's Carlos Coro, and I'm the pastor of Imago Church in Visalia. That's actually your daughter church. So we give God all the praise and glory for that. Mi nombre es Carlos Corro, soy el pastor de Iglesia Imago en Visalia, su iglesia hija. And um, I am just uh, thrilled that Pastor Russ and I have had the opportunity to switch with one another to be able to just send a greeting to the Sunrise community on behalf of your daughter church, Imago in Visalia. Les mandamos saludos y abrazos y amor de parte de Iglesia Imago en Visalia. And I am just uh, overjoyed to have this opportunity to provide an update, but also to dive deep together into the Word of God Um, and uh, just a couple of things before we open up the scriptures, um, just really the update on Imago. Uh, first of all, just thank you for your continued prayers. Le damos tantos, tantas gracias por sus oraciones por nosotros. Continue to pray for us, please. We need that so much. Just these past 20 months, perhaps just like for you here at Sunrise, they have been overwhelming. They have been challenging. I know that For me, individually, as a pastor, they've been the most difficult past 20 months of my ministry ever. And uh, by the grace of God, we press on. We're hindered, but not stopped. And I'm just so glad because we are not alone. We actually exist within a network, within a community, and Sunrise is a part of that as well. So I ask you to continue to pray for us to continue to um, just be, send that love, be of service when we can do common uh, uh, outreaches together and ways to disciple and serve together. I'm, um, there are many opportunities and ways that we can do that. That's something that really convicted both Pastor Russ and I to really just um, have that at the forefront once again, just to be able to remember one another, to pray for one another, to care for one another, and to continue to carry one another in this season. Nos podemos seguir apoyando por medio de oración y también sirviendo juntos. And um, really what the theme is, even though we've been hindered but not stopped, the theme for 2021 is really this for Imago Church. And you can write it down and be praying for us, please. It's that in 2021 and in 2022, we are rebuilding towards spiritual maturity and church health as the body of Christ. Rebuilding towards spiritual maturity and church health as the body of Christ. 
And so there's a couple of things specifically that we're asking your prayers for. One is that God would continue to raise up workers for the harvest. One of the key goals that we have for this next year is to either build up an executive leadership uh, team or hire some kind of um, uh, ministry manager to just manage all of the ins and outs of ministries at Imago to build up uh, children and family ministries, to build up outreach, all, all kinds of the logistics so that I can continue to focus on casting vision and also on um, equipping and empowering the people of God for the work of ministry. We're also beginning to pray into finding our own facility in 22 or 23. So please be in prayer for that too, that the Holy Spirit would be the one to guide us and also be praying for just um, sustainability, sustainability with uh, leadership, membership, and finances as well. All of those things go into the life of a church, and we ask your prayers and support in that too. And then also just uh, be praying for um, just this next level that God is taking us in as a church. It's just like a human life, right? There's the early stages where you're learning just how to walk, just how to be. But then in the next level, we're now building up toward maturity and church health. So I can keep you here the whole time and just uh, go into specifics of that. But for right now, I just want to ask you to join us in prayer, to remember us just as we remember and love you. And let's continue to move forward in this common mission that God has called us to. Amen. We definitely pray for for sunrise. Um, and in ca- like I mentioned, in case we haven't met yet, uh, um, just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm the uh, founding pastor of Imago Church in Visalia. Soy el pastor plantador de Iglesia Imago in Visalia. And Imago means that we're created in the image of God. And our identity is in the image of God and our purpose is in the image of Christ. And a lot of what Imago is really just flowed out of some of the mission and vision and DNA of Sunrise as a church here in Tulare. So you have multiplied yourself and you're continuing to do that. The ripples of your ministry will have eternal fruits. And for that, we rejoice. And as I was thinking about which passage to share with Sunrise this morning, the passage that came to mind is actually one of my favorite passages, and it's in the book of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, and we'll begin at verse 3. We'll go 3 to 8, then verse 14, and then 21 as well. Um, uh, hoy vamos a leer del libro de Filipenses, capítulo 1, versículos 3 al 8. 14 y 21 también. And I'll be reading in English, but you can follow along with God's word in your heart language in English or Spanish. And the passages will be up on the projector as well. So let's go ahead and hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you, Sunrise, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day 
until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And then going down to verse 14. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And then finally, verses 20 and 21. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your precious word, Lord, that is with us, that covers us, and that surrounds us always, Lord. And God, I just pray that today you would speak to us in a way that is fresh, in a way that is new, in a way that is living and vibrant, Lord. Lord, right now we would just pray that you would fill us wherever some of us feel empty, God. Would you give us your grace, give us your mercy. Danos gracia, Dios Santo. Danos misericordia en, en las áreas de nuestra vida donde nos sentimos, Señor, vacíos. Where we feel discouraged, would you encourage us, Lord? Where we're tired, would you give us strength and endurance that is from you? Lord, show us a new way. We've tried our way and it's just not working, Lord. Show us your way, Jesus. Enseñanos tu camino, Dios Santo. And help us to trust that your word is true, Lord. That the good work that you began, you will bring to completion. And that's a reminder to each and every one of us that you are not done yet. You are not done with the good work that you began in us. You will bring it to completion. No has terminado, Señor, la obra que empezaste en nosotros. Tú la vas a completar, Dios Santo. Thank you, Lord. We pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. So we're currently 
as a community at Imago Church, we're going through the entire book of Philippians. Estamos estudiando el libro de Filipenses como una congregación en Iglesia Imago. And um, we're really looking at all the aspects, the purpose, really the the themes of Philippians. And what we see is that Philippians is a book that overflows with joy and thanksgiving, with gratitude, with friendship, and support. Paul here, in writing to the church in Philippi, he knows that the Christians, the Christian Philippians, they were experiencing a lot of hardship, a lot of challenges, and a lot of opposition. He knows that the people that he is writing to are experiencing experiencing that. And even he himself is experiencing hardship, challenge, setback, and opposition. Does any of that sound familiar? To us here in 2021, especially in light of these last 20 months, Paul here is writing to a people who exist in the realness and in the rawness of life. People like you and me. And if you didn't know anything about setback and challenge and disappointment, well, I'm sure that these last 20, 21 months have taught us all something about that. Something about navigating discouragement and difficulties. Todos aquí hemos pasado desánimo y dificultades, especialmente en los últimos dos años. In fact, the Apostle Paul here is writing this letter from a prison. And that's a major setback. He appeals to his own life as an example of how to respond to hardship with joy. And in the midst of his difficulties, Paul boldly claims that Jesus is Lord. And somehow those three words, that phrase changes everything. Because that means that Jesus is Lord over our fear. Jesus is Lord over our hardship. Jesus is Lord over that challenge that you're experiencing, that you're wondering if you're ever going to get out of it. Jesus is Lord over that. So what is it that gives Paul that boldness, that courage to proclaim this? Well, we see to proclaim this huge word, right, that we see in verse 14, proclaiming and living the gospel without fear. You and I, in all circumstances, can proclaim and live the gospel without fear. Podemos proclamar y vivir el evangelio sin temor. Paul here is responding to hardship with joy and confidence. The people of God in the church in Philippi, just like us today, were responding to a new way and being invited into a new way of Jesus. And the new way of Jesus is actually an invitation to live into a new kind of way of being human. A new way of being human in God's kingdom. El camino de Cristo es un nuevo camino, una nueva humanidad. Now why does Jesus invite us into a new way of being human? Well, that, that he does that because we already know the old way. We're so stuck on the old way of being human. That's what we were born into. That's what our instincts lean into. What do we do with this old way of being human? Of course, we give in to fear. 
when we get scared. When we're challenged or discouraged, we give in to defeat. But in this new way of being human, in this new creation that Jesus invites us into, it's a new path, it's a new way of living where the Lord Jesus sees you in your pain, in your setback, in your hardship, and he says, not so with you. That hard thing will not be the last thing for you. That will not be the defining thing in your life. Because there is a new way. There is a better way to be human. When we abide and trust in Jesus. Cuando confiamos y permanecemos en Cristo hay una, un nuevo camino, una nueva manera de ser una humanidad, hombres y mujeres en la imagen de Dios. This new way that Paul is pointing to in Philippians is a way that leads to joy. And what does Paul seem to indicate here? That the first step in joy is gratitude. He starts this letter with gratitude. I thank my God every time that I think of you. Friends, brothers, sisters, if you're struggling in seeing where God is at work or God is alive in your life, begin with gratitude. Begin with asking, what are you grateful for today? What is God doing in your life in this season? You know, I've learned so much from Pastor Russ and his mentorship, and he's taught me a lot how to coach and how to provide pastoral care. And the question that he always opens up with me, even when he sees me, you know, stressed and new gray hairs coming and all of that, he just always asks, Carlos, Pastor Carlos, what are you celebrating today? What can you celebrate in this season? What can you thank God for? You know, even for me as a pastor, now being in the Lord for almost 20 years as a disciple following Jesus, um, I've realized that God wants to do a new thing in me and through me, just like he does with all of us, just like he does with Sunrise, like he does with Imago, with Teleri, with Visalia. God wants to do a new thing because God's not done yet. I remember um, some time ago, about 10 years ago, I had a moment with the Lord where I realized that he was not done with me yet. I had a lot of the information about God, a lot of the inspiration and nice words and songs about God, but God was not done. He was not done with the good work, with the transformation and renewing of my mind and heart to reflect the mind and heart of Jesus. Hace diez años Dios me enseñó que Él no ha terminado la obra que empezó en mí. Dios está haciendo la obra de transformación en mi corazón. God was not done with me yet. And that was hard for me to really take in. Because I thought to myself, I have a lot of good things going for me in my life right now. A good family, work, ministry. But yet, I still had my own internal struggles. My own issues. And some of those things 
I didn't want to invite God into. Whether that was anger, depression, or anxiety, I was unwilling to give that to God because I had a love-hate relationship with my own internal struggles and issues. I thought, God, you could have all of that. You could have the nice religious stuff about me or the way that I show up for everyone else, but not that. Because that, and you know what that is for you. Those internal struggles, those issues are my issues. They're like my babies. Ugly babies, but they're still my babies. Can't have them, God. But God insists, no. You belong to me. And I want all of you. God says the same thing to you. You belong to me. I want all of you. I'm not done yet. Just as you are right where you are. Friends, brothers, sisters, you belong to God. And he wants all of you, including those internal things that you are not too proud of. He wants all of that and he wants to make something new. He wants to make someone new. Part of what we celebrate in this season and what we've been able to celebrate in these past two years, in 20 months, even in the midst of challenges, we've had several baptisms at Imago. We've had several new people come to the Lord, and it's just been amazing to see that life-giving transformation that can happen. And baptism is a sign of that, of new creation and new beginning. Baptism is God's eternal sign that he is not done with us yet. In moments of challenge, in moments of discouragement, I want to invite you to memorize some of these verses. Let them become a part of you. Let them become a part of your nature, of your new nature, your new response when the setback and discouragement comes. Let verse 6 be what you cry out, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Or as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He will do it. El que te llama es fiel y él lo hará. Él va a completar la obra que empezó en ti. Confía en Él. The one who calls you is faithful, so He will do it. What does that mean? That means stop struggling. Stop fighting. Stop trying to fix it on your own. Give it to Him. Surrender. Yield. Trust Him. So that's one of the first steps to joy giving God all of who we are, the inside and the outside, the pretty and the ugly. But then he goes on here in verse 3, where the Apostle Paul talks about another step in joy, which has to do with community and partnerships. Verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
In this passage, we can experience joy through friendships and gospel partnerships, through community, through common mission and calling. Podemos probar el gozo por medio de um, relaciones uh, auténticas restauradas de, entre comunidad. Paul, at the end of his life here, he looks back and he remembers the people in the Philippian church. And he is moved with affection, with fond memories, with gratitude, and with deep affection for those that he has had gospel partnerships with. And I want you to hear that, Sunrise. Uh, for me as a pastor, as an individual, on behalf of my family, on behalf of the Imago community, we thank God for you every time we think of you. And we find that joy in the common mission, the common partnership that we have to continue to expand the kingdom of God here in the valley, in the state, in the country, and throughout the world. Now, how about you? Don't you want to have those authentic and deep relationships that produce joy every time you think about them? That Paul is talking about here, gospel partnerships are formed through a shared identity. And this shared identity, this shared mission produces joy. Part of the way of following Jesus means that God comes in a package. God comes with the people of God. That's the difference between being a disciple and just being, you know, some vague spiritual person. Being a disciple of Jesus comes with the people of God as frustrating and annoying as that may be at times. And trust me, I'm a pastor. I know a thing or two about that. But God uses it all for joy. If you want to experience the joy and the love of God, then we are called to do that in the context of community. Not just manufactured community, but just as we are, right where we are. Paul here, toward the end of his life, he thinks about the people that most impacted his life from the Philippian church. And he is moved with a deep affection for them. He has fond memories of them, deep friendships throughout his life. Ask yourself, don't you want to have that same connection, those same authentic and real relationships in your life that can produce joy every time that you think about them? Gospel partnerships are formed through that purpose, identity, and multiplying joy in our lives. The people that Paul was talking about here were actually people that were very different than him. They were not only like-minded individuals who liked the same sports or did the same things or thought the same way. But through the people at Philippi, there was a variety of people with various backgrounds. We read about them in the book of Acts. In Acts 16, we read about people like Lydia, like the slave girl, like the Roman jailer. Yet they were completely different, but they shared an identity in Christ. Aunque somos diferentes, tenemos una identidad en Cristo. Their connection, their gospel partnership, their friendship was not based on money, status, or position, or tribe, or language. It was based on the new identity that was formed through receiving forgiveness from Christ by faith. The love of Jesus Christ poured 
and continue poured into their hearts and continues to pour into our hearts through these relationships. Imago Church, just like Sunrise, is an unlikely community of people gathered together. So was the church in Philippi. Yet we share an identity and a purpose that cannot be shaken. Joy and gratitude leads to hope through relationships, which is part of the language we use at Imago, that we've even gleaned some of that here from sunrise. We can experience the hope and the joy of Christ through restored relationships with God and with each other. When we say yes to Jesus, he is on a mission to transform us from the inside and the outside as well. When we put our hands up in surrender, guess what? He never just leaves us hanging there in surrender. It is Jesus himself who holds us and who catches us. When we put our hands up, he holds our hand and he holds us up. Because Jesus came on a mission to seek and save us. The question for you will be the same question that was being placed here for the church in Philippi. Will you join Jesus on mission? Will we join him on mission? Because when we say yes to Jesus in that mission, this will bring about new friendships, new partnerships, new relationships with others who are also in that similar mission. The extent to which I am willing to be on mission with Jesus, the extent to which I am willing to open my heart and my hands for others, that is the extent to which I enter into the joy of Christ. So we see that joy comes through allowing God to transform every part of my life just as I am. Joy comes through restored relationships and gospel partnerships. But then here, the Apostle Paul concludes this first chapter with talking about an, another unlikely place to find joy, and that is joy in our suffering. Aquí el apóstol Pablo dice que podemos uh, encontrar el gozo por medio de nuestro sufrimiento. Joy in our suffering. Now we've heard this passage before, Philippians 1.21. Maybe we've even uh, memorized it or, or sang it. But have we ever really meditated on it? And again, I ask you, in this season, meditate on it, memorize it. Let it become a part of your DNA of who you are as you respond to life on life's terms and circumstances as they are. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Para mí vivir es Cristo y morir es una ganancia. You know, one of the biggest reasons people walk away from God, I've seen it before, is sometimes because of their own suffering or their perception of evil in the world. Yet I've seen it happen the complete opposite way too. Our suffering is also an invitation to draw closer to God. I can take on that attitude, that posture, that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Some people can wonder, how can that be? 
How can God bring about good from what was meant for evil, what was meant to destroy? Some of us sometimes keep the posture. We look fine on the outside, but we haven't dealt with what we need to give God on the inside. Some of us have navigated unanswered prayers, frustration, sickness, and various trials. Yet the gospel here is the power of God to give us joy even in the midst of the toughest seasons in this life. How is that possible? ¿Cómo puede ser posible que Dios nos puede dar gozo en cada etapa de la vida hasta las más difíciles? In this passage, Paul is falsely accused. He is imprisoned. He is chained. He is awaiting trial. And in the end, he, he's, he's experiencing major setback major disappointment but he says that his circumstances have given him reasons to rejoice so how can we experience the joy of Christ even in our suffering even in our discouragements well first the way we can experience Christ in the joy of Christ in our suffering is first by beginning to look to Christ to put on Paul's slogan as our own slogan, that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Seeing joy in the suffering of our lives can be fixing our eyes on Jesus and choosing to believe the slogan once again, that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, you or I, we may not be able to fix the situation that we're in. We may be powerless over it, but for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That was Paul's slogan that kept him going in all seasons. Notice that his end goal, his purpose in life, was not for me to live is to be successful or for me to live is to make more money or get settled or get some clarity on my career, but for him to live is Christ and to die is gain because he will be with Christ forever. And when we place our faith and joy and confidence in Christ, that promise extends to us as well because here's the truth looking to anything other than Jesus Christ as the source of our life's goal can result in a temporary happiness and a worldly success. That will come, but guess what? Just as fast as it comes, it will go because it's not true joy. How about for you? Where do you look for true joy? Who do you look to? for true joy and significance in your life. ¿Dónde estás deseando el gozo en tu vida? ¿Es en Cristo? ¿Es en otra cosa? What is your main desire in life? What do you long for? What's that thing that if you think if I only had that, everything would be okay? If your answer is anything other than Jesus Christ, then you and I, we have to pause and repent of that. No matter how good it may be in our lives, we need to give that to God and repent of it 
and see that for us to live is Christ and to die is gain. We see here in this passage that we're able to experience joy when we look outside of ourselves. That's very different sometimes than worldly wisdom, which, looks, which says, just look deep inside. Keep looking deep. Go deep in your heart. That's very important. That will work. But then we need to take a step beyond that. We need to take a step outside of ourselves because here's the truth. When I just look at myself all the time, I'm only looking at my own pain and my own suffering, which leads to despair and frustration. But when I look to God, when I fix my eyes on Jesus, that calls us, that calls me, that calls all of us to look outside of ourselves not just in what is happening to me, but in what God is doing in me and around me. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a moment. But really the first step in order to experience this real authentic transformation, this real joy, is we must take a step back and look beyond ourselves, beyond our situation, beyond our circumstances, Look outside of yourself to see what God is doing in you and what God is doing through his people around you. Look outside to see how you can be an encouragement and blessing to others. Even when you're weak, even when you're not feeling it, God can use you to shine a light of blessing to others. That's the power of Christ in you. Just as the Lord's Prayer says, right? For yours is the kingdom and the power. So as we conclude here, where are you looking for joy? ¿Dónde estás buscando el gozo? The book of Hebrews 12.2 encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus. The one who endured the cross for the joy set before him. The gospel gives us strength. Gives us strength not only to endure our momentary pain and suffering, but to do all of that with joy. Not just to get by or to be fine, but to do it all with joy. Because, this, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. El gozo del Señor será nuestro, nuestra fuerza. So how is it possible to have that, to experience that true and lasting joy no matter what? What we see here in the book of Philippians is this new way to be human. The joy of Jesus Christ is not based on our circumstances, on our feelings, but it is experienced despite our challenging circumstances. As people of God, that is one of the main fruits of the Spirit, joy. You and I ought to taste joyfully in our attitude, in our encounters with others. It's a fundamental characteristic of a follower of Jesus Christ. As the writer C.S. Lewis puts it very well, joy 
is the serious business of the kingdom of God. If you're serious about God, then we are called to be serious about joy in all seasons. Joy is not a fake happiness. It's not just what we post online or what we put on as a blog. Or joy is not just, you know, this over-the-top religious language. Joy is walking and abiding in the peace of Christ that goes beyond understanding. Taking joy seriously is a freedom to be lighthearted, even in the most challenging and worst of times. God's invitation to a child like joy is actually the next level of faith that he invites us into. And you have an idea of what childlike joy is because you remember it in your own life or you remember seeing it in your own children. That's why Jesus himself says, right? You must be like one of these little ones to enter into the kingdom of God, to have that childlike joy and that childlike faith. I'll conclude with just this this brief story um, that reminded me of what this childlike joy is all about. Earlier this year, in January, um, my wife Charlotte and I got to take our boys in up to Shaver Lake to the Sierra, Sierra Mountains. And it was in one of the most intense snowstorms that we've ever experienced in this part of the country. I have some of the pictures there. It's it's quite remarkable, incredible. I'd never um, gone through anything like that. But my family and I were actually going up to spend some time in a cabin up in uh, Shaver Lake. And we were going uphill in the snow with my Honda Odyssey. We're a minivan fam, right? Now, I don't have a four-wheel drive. I'd love to one day, but uh, we were going up in this little Honda Odyssey, and I've driven that little thing a- everywhere. It's, it's, it's a beast, I'll tell you that much, in all conditions. And as we were going uphill in the snow, all of the wheels started to just spin. The van was no longer moving. The wheels were spinning, and I was literally flooring the accelerator at, like, uh, maximum speed, but we were going nowhere really fast. And really, as we were uh, realizing what had happened, I came out of the vehicle to realize one of the chains had come off. So I went out in the snowstorm, and I was putting the chain back on the tire. And we took time to pause and pray And I kept trying to fix the issue with this tire, the thing that was in front of me. And I'll be honest with you, I was anxious, I was tired, I was overwhelmed, I was fearful. You know, I I can talk about it in laughter right now, but I'll be honest with you. That was one of those moments in life. Maybe you've had them before, where that was uh, really, really challenging, where I thought to myself, you know what, this is not good. This could be really bad. In fact, this could be it, maybe. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've had moments like that. That fear kind of came over me. And yet, as I was in the midst of that fear, of that frustration, of that challenge, I was able to hear my my boys 
my two sons who were just in the van in the midst of this intense snowstorm with nowhere to go, and they were just rejoicing. And I was hearing their sweet laughter. They had joy because they knew that dad was with them. Now, in reality, I, dad, in this story, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And I was almost going to break down. Yet in the mindset of my children's laughter, they just thought, it's okay. Dad's got it. Dad is with us. It's going to be all right. We don't know how. We don't know when. But we're going to be all right. And eventually... An angel came in the form of a highway patrol officer. (laughs) He came and he helped me and we safely got to my destination, to our destination. But friends, brothers, sisters, next level faith calls for a childlike joy and trust. A no matter what kind of faith that no matter what you're going through, our Abba, our Daddy, God, our Father's got us. He's got you. And that means that it's going to be all right. That means that we're going to be all right. We don't know how, we don't know when, but we're going to be all right because the Father holds you in his arms and that's the safest place that you can possibly be. That's the confidence that we have and that is the true joy that we experience in Jesus Christ. If you hear anything from this message as we conclude in prayer today, hear this. God's not done yet. God's not done with you yet. And the true joy that he is developing in you is a joy that is not based on your situation, your circumstance, or your feeling. Right now, we're all going through different circumstances and feelings. In fact, as a friend of mine reminded me the other day, you know who's going through a lot right now? Literally everyone. So extend some grace, extend some kindness, extend some joy. What we're going through right now is not what we experienced a a year ago or 10 years ago. Circumstances come and go, but the joy of the Lord is a joy that's based in trust. The trust that God's got you. Our Father keeps his promises and his promise is what the Apostle Paul reminds us of in Philippians 1.6. And you can make this your prayer this morning. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you because you are a God who keeps his promises. You never let go. No matter what storm or challenge we are going through, you are there. Estás con nosotros, Dios Santo, en cada etapa de nuestras vidas. And Lord, right now you are calling us 
to step into the joy of the Lord that is our strength in all seasons. To take that next level faith of childlike faith and joy. True joy where we can see you at work even in pain, even in messiness. We see that you're there. Lord, teach us a new way. And today, this morning, as we hold our hands up in surrender to you, Lord, may we be confident in knowing that you do not leave us hanging, but you hold our hands and you hold us up. Lord, we want to give you today all of those things, Lord, that maybe we're not too proud of, Lord, but you're able to take that and do something new. We pray with joy. Oramos esta mañana con gozo, con seguridad. We pray with joy and confidence, Lord, in your promises, in your presence, and in your power in our lives. And we trust fully that your word is true. That he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in us, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's in his faithful name that we pray. Amen.